This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Saving money can feel kind of dull if you're not directing it toward a purpose. When you align a goal to your savings, that's when the real joy begins. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three different things. First, I'll be sharing seven savings goals to create a happier today and tomorrow. Second, we're back with our debt-free living segment. This quarter, we're going to be featuring Justine Nelson from the popular Debt-Free Millennials YouTube channel who paid off $35,000 of debt in just over two years. And we're going to discuss how she did that and how that monumental work that she's done has helped her and her family to build wealth even more now that she is a new mom. And last but not least, my son Calvin is going to be joining me for another good word. With all the not-so-great news out there, Calvin and I are dedicated to sharing some good news with you guys so we can all walk away in our day with a big smile on our face. All right, let's jump into today's show. We've all heard about the importance of saving more money. Putting away dollars for a rainy day, it can do a lot of good for most of us. According to a recent survey by Personal Capital, 51% of Americans said having an emergency fund is now a higher financial priority than it was before the pandemic. To be honest with you, though, without a purpose for saving, I tend to lose motivation and end up using my cash for more immediate needs. And I don't think I'm alone in this thinking. To keep myself motivated, I need a goal or a reason to save. If you find yourself stocking away money, but you're not sure why you're actually saving or investing, let's attach some goals to that savings that you're doing. Here are seven savings goals for you to consider to create a happier today and tomorrow. Number one, emergencies. Yes, experts suggest that you should have three to six months of expenses in your emergency fund. This way, you're protecting if the unexpected happens. For example, if you lose your job this year and you can't find work for three to six months, you're covered. Or if your fridge breaks down or the tire on your car goes flat or your kid throws a glass cup in the bathroom sink and it cracks it into pieces. Zoe did that when she was a little girl. (laughs) Anyway, you're covered. Having an emergency fund also gives you peace of mind. Knowing that you have money in the bank just in case the worst happens, it's a beautiful thing. Number two, retirement. Another inevitability of life hopefully, (laughs) is retirement. At some point in your lifetime, you're going to want to stop or slow down the amount of work you're doing in your life. Even if you think you're never going to stop working, someday you might be forced to stop due to health reasons. As your body gets older, your ability to perform your job like you used to may not be possible. Or there may be management changes that force you out before you're ready. 
to prepare for retirement and the income that you're going to need, we need to start investing early by utilizing tax-advantaged retirement accounts like a 401k and an IRA. We'll be able to save for retirement and save on taxes. The key to a larger retirement nest egg is starting as soon as possible. With more time on your side, compound interest has a better chance of working its magic. Number three, vehicles. One savings goal that I have right now is upgrading my car. I believe my, oh, what is it now, 13-year-old vehicle (laughs) has maybe got like uh, three years on it before it turns into a real clunker. With that time frame in mind, I'm starting to sock away some cash in a savings account to prepare for my current car's funeral. Uh, It'll be a sad day but at least I'll be ready. I have a goal of buying my new-to-me car in cash. I'd love to go electric, as we've talked about on the show in the past, or maybe just a plug-in hybrid, which is I could probably get the distance that I need to go on electric and then plug it in when I get home, you know, something like that. But we'll see how much I can save, right? Owning instead of leasing is more advantageous for me right now as I want to keep my monthly cost of living low. If I'm able to do that over the long term, that'll help with the previous goal that we spoke about earlier, which is retirement. Number four, college. With two kids at home, we're investing in a 529 college savings account to support future college costs. Our 529 accounts will help us cover qualified education expenses for our soon-to-be teenagers as they head off to school. Like the 401k and the IRA, the tax-advantaged accounts I mentioned earlier, the 529 allows your earnings within your account to grow tax-free if used for qualified expenses. Also, my state of Michigan, along with many other states, allow for full or partial tax deductions for 529 contributions. Those tax advantages make saving for college a little bit more appealing. Investing for college is not different from investing for retirement. The earlier you start investing, the better off we'll be. Lucky for us, we got some good advice early on in our kids' lives, and we started their accounts right when they were born. Even with that smart money move we made, it's going to be difficult for us to catch up to the rising cost of college. Now, although we've seen some signs of tuition inflation softening a bit lately, some estimates still point to tuition rising at a rate of 5% or even upwards of 8% per year, depending on where you're looking at schools. This is a savings goal that requires us to invest. That's why we like the 529. Number five, vacations. We live in Michigan, my friends, and it's a colder time of year when I'm recording this. (laughs) The need for us to escape in the wintertime to a warm, sunny climate is almost a family necessity. That's why we typically save a good chunk of our income each month towards our vacation fund. This way we have the money ready when we want to get out of town. If you're looking for a quick excuse to put away some money, let this stress-reducing savings goal rise to the top of your list. There's nothing better than a getaway when you're ready for a break from it all. Number six, home down payment. 
With home prices rising across the country, the need for a solid home down payment is more important than ever. If you're shopping for your first home, this savings goal might take you quite a while. Set a savings goal based on when you want to buy your home. With recurring deposits in your home down payment account, you'll hit your big goal before you know it. We did this with our first family home. Outside of monthly savings deposits, we also took advantage of any new money that came into our house. You know, new money like bonuses, commissions, tax refunds, or even just selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace. That all went toward the down payment of our future home. Number seven, big giving. I do love spending money on myself and my family, but I also love giving money away. It's kind of something that I just really enjoy. We save 5% of our income, and throughout the year, we're able to give big donations to charities that we care about. These are charities and causes that call to our hearts and make us feel honored to give to them. With another 5%, we give gifts cash, and surprises to family, friends, and our neighbors in need. There's something truly special when you're able to give a $100 tip to a waitress in a working class neighborhood or help your 18-year-old nephew start their first investment account by giving them their first contribution. This type of 10% giving makes our family feel happy. And we wouldn't have this ability or tradition without setting a savings goal and sticking to it. In the end, saving money can feel kind of dull if you're not directing it toward a purpose. When you align a goal to your savings, that's when the real joy begins. Whether it's a family vacation, a comfortable retirement, or just a big gift during the holidays, having money set aside can just make life happier. Well, enough from my side, everyone. I want to hear from you. Which of these savings goals are you working on currently? Or which goals would you add to this list? Please let me know by sharing this episode on social media and tagging me at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram or at Andy Hill MKM on Facebook or LinkedIn. And let's keep the conversation going. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. 
Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. For some people like me, debt can feel like an incredible weight on your shoulders. After carrying that weight for a while, there comes a time when you say, I'm done with this. On our debt-free living segment today, we're going to interview Justine Nelson from the popular Debt-Free Millennials YouTube channel and the new author of the book, Investing for Kids Activity Book. Justine became debt-free after paying off over $35,000 of debt in just over two years. Today, we're going to learn how how she accomplished this financial goal and what she's doing to build wealth for her family now. Welcome to the show, Justine. Thank you, Andy. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're doing this. This was way overdue. It's very way overdue. You and I have known each other for way too long and I can't believe I haven't had you on the show. I do this survey every once in a while with the listeners of Marriage, Kids, and Money and I say, which guest do you want me to have on the show? And your name has popped up over the past two or three years, so it's on me that I haven't made this happen, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's happening now and we get to chat and we recently saw each other in person at the big personal finance conference, FinCon. So I think that just like sparks this whole thing to actually happen. Justine, talk to us. Why did you want to become debt-free in the first place? Well, this is a story that actually started when I was in college. I was a sophomore in college and as an 18-year-old, I was blindly taking out student loans because everybody's doing it. And financial aid offices are like, sign the dotted line to pay your tuition. And so I was living off of these student loans and in 2008, my mom lost her job after 25 years of working and she called me and said, Justine, you really need to step up financially and you need to take care of yourself financially. And I think it was that moment that really started to kind of change things for me. And I got really scared for the first time because just kind of living off of student loans a little bit and also really relying heavily on my parents when really I needed to step up and become financially responsible. So I'm trying to work my way through college. I was a server at Chili's eating, you know, burgers in the kitchen and just trying to cash flow as much of my living expenses as possible. And in 2011, I graduated with my degree in marketing and I had $35,000 in student loan debt. 
So my very first job, I was making $10 an hour at an advertising agency. And that's when I got the student loan notifications in the mail that said I owed the Department of Education, the government, $253 per month. And I thought to myself, there's no way. There's no way I could do this and do all the things that I wanted, such as, you know, go to the happy hours, do the sushi dates, do the cocktails, travel. I really wanted to travel and I really wanted to get out of my hometown of Kansas City. I wanted to live someplace else. And so it was those things that I wished for in my life that really started to motivate me and get me curious about what life could look like if I didn't have these debt payments. If I had that extra $253 per month, what would I rather spend it on than a debt payment? I love how you remember that specific amount to $253 per month. So what did you do to get rid of the debt? How did you increase your income, decrease your expenses? What did you do? Yeah. So it's funny because my parents had actually taken a Dave Ramsey class and we know Dave Ramsey, a personal finance expert who's been around a long time. And I had read one of his books and I thought, okay, this whole budgeting thing I can get on board with. So I started to create a written budget. The number one tool that helped me pay off all of that debt is a written budget, a plan for my money, the income that was coming in, the expenses going out, and then also really focusing on how much extra I could put towards those debt payments. Now, in the span of about two and a half years, two years and five months, I started off making $10 an hour. I got my first salary job after that internship, and I was making $33,000 per year. At the end of the debt-free journey, I made $41,000 per year. So I really did focus on kind of the the stones, the, the stair-stepping of my career. Like, how can I jump to the next thing that is going to increase my income? But also, I didn't really increase my lifestyle at that time. I'll tell you a story. During this time when I was paying off my debt, I was driving a 2002 Ford ZX2 Escort. It's a little compact two-door car. They only made them like three years (laughs) until they discontinued making them. But it was a perfect little car for a high schooler. So I got it in high school. I drove it through college. And afterwards, I ended up getting rear-ended so hard that the back rear bumper completely broke in shreds. It was in shreds and it bent the frame of the vehicle. So my car was deemed totaled. And so that was a big fork in the road because I was working on this debt payoff plan at that time. And so it was almost like, do I take the salvage title and the cash payout that the insurance company is giving me? And do I use that to either like put a down payment on a new car and get a car loan? Or do I take that money and put it towards the debt and drive a beater. And so (laughs) if you follow debt-free millennials, you know which path I chose. I ended up taking the salvage title, taking the cash payout, and I continued to drive that car without a bumper. I don't know if this is very safe, but I did drive it without a bumper for about three months. And then my dad and I went to a U-Pullet junkyard. It's these types of junkyards where you go in and you basically walk 
up and down and kind of see what parts are available from these junk cars or cars that have got in car accidents. And then if you have the tools, you can take it off and then you pay a small fee for it. So we ended up finding, I kid you not, the exact same bumper in the same color (laughs) as my car, same color, same model for $25. You just had to go and look. And not a lot of us think that way nowadays where it's like, oh, what's the quickest, easiest solution? Probably the most expensive solution to solve this problem. So yeah, good on you for doing that and getting scrappy to get it all done. So how long did it take you again to eliminate this debt as you were being frugal, living on a budget and then increasing your income? Yeah. So it took me two years and five months. I started this debt-free journey right after I graduated college. So I was 23 years old and I was 25. Yeah. Just shy of 26 before. And I had paid it off. So I was 25 years old. And then did you meet your husband around this time or when did Kyle come into the picture? So yeah, Kyle and I actually met in college my senior year. So this was right before I went all gung-ho on the debt-free journey. So he saw my transition (laughs) from broke college student to debt-free in her mid-20s. And it was funny because as our relationship got more serious throughout that time, he continued to joke with me, I'm not going to propose to somebody who has debt. So you better get it paid (laughs) off. (laughs) Oh, so that slightly tough love was was enough for you to still want to be married to him, huh? (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure he would have still, he would, he definitely would have married me even if I had debt. So I ended up paying the debt off in April, 2014. And then we got engaged that July And it was really an incredible feeling because we got engaged and I knew I no longer had debt payments. And at one point, you know, I got so intentional about that debt payoff that I was paying over a thousand dollars per month towards the student loan debt and kept my expenses really, really low. At that time I was living, I moved back from Kansas City back to my college town and I was working for my university in their marketing department. And so my college town has like 50,000 people. It's a small town. And so my expenses were really low. My rent was $700 a month. My groceries, I mean, was no more than $150 a month. And any opportunity that I had to make extra income, whether it be working overtime or picking up freelance writing jobs with a local magazine, I would take any of that extra income and throw it at the debt. But what was cool about all that is that once we became, once I became debt free and we got engaged, I knew that I had so much freed up money that I could put towards paying towards a really nice wedding. So you guys got the nice wedding and you started to become a married couple. Did that frugality, the ability for you to pay attention to your money, keeping that gap, you know, large between your income and expenses, did that help you continue to build wealth for your new family? Absolutely. And I think because of that, we were able to move from small town Kansas to San Diego, California. My husband got a job out there and it was it allowed me to pivot from this corporate mar- marketing job, which I was good at, but 
wasn't really passionate about. And it allowed me to pivot into starting my own business and really building up my own brand with debt-free millennials and teaching millennials how to pay off debt and live payment-free. And I think those are the things that allowed us to really focus the money towards things like investing and build up our net worth. We also had a baby a year and a half ago. So we have this new baby and it's really fun to know that we have the finances to support her and also to give her financial knowledge that we want to pass down to her and maybe to another kid someday. I love that. That's incredible. So how has your net worth grown from when you became debt-free to where you are today? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I was thinking about this, you know, when, <laughs> when I got out of the negative net worth and started building, it's only, you know, $500, $1,000. And it's a couple thousand dollars because you're able to put more towards investing vehicles like a 401k or a 403b. I got curious about different investment types like traditional IRAs or Roth IRAs. A great book that I read is The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. It is a book that I continue to look up information through throughout my years of investing. I'll, I will continue to refer back to that book because he gives you the process of these are the step by step. These are the investment vehicles you should look at. So I remember looking at my net worth and it was like thirty, forty thousand dollars Now that Kyle and I have combined forces, which is great about being in a relationship like this and being married is that we could really, you know, double down on our efforts. So last year, I was just taking a look at this because I track my net worth in personal capital. And I think you use that too, right? I do. Yeah, it's a great, it's a sponsor of the shelf. Thank <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, personal capital. Thank you, personal your capital. Net worth, your net worth tracker is amazing. Last year, in 2021, I had seen in January 2021, we were at just under 400K. I've never shared this on my channel. So this is an exclusive, Andy, <laughs> for Marriage, Kids, and Money. I'll I'm take it. This. Thank you, Justine. <laughs> That's incredible. Right after you paid off that debt, a zero or negative to $400,000 in the swing. That's incredible. Yeah. And so this past year, it's grown to over half a million. And so I can now call myself a half millionaire. <laughs> I love it. That's incredible. Way to go, Justine. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to your status, Andy. It's it's very encouraging to see other families who can hit, you know, the six-figure status and just hearing about their journeys. It helps Kyle and I to stay on the path of continuing to max out, you know, employer-sponsored retirement plans. That is one of the easiest ways that you can build wealth. Yeah, absolutely. And it just compounds over time. So I know you and Kyle are going to blow me and Nicole out of the water because we did it at 38 and you guys are what, in your young 30s? I just turned 34. Okay. So yep. We'll then, then the race is on, girl. Let's do it. I've got, I've got some work to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, there's no race, everybody. This is just two friends having some friendly banter. But in all reality, there is no race, honestly. Everybody's path is completely different. Personal finance is completely personal. Wherever you are in your journey, as long as you're moving forward and trying to give your family the best life possible, I think that's what you can do as a family. Now, if somebody's listening, Justine, and they are super inspired about how you conquered your debt, and then have moved your family towards half-billionaire status, what is one small step they could take following this interview to move in that direction? 
the best thing that I think if you want to become debt free and make your wealth increase is starting with that written budget. So I provide a budget template. It's free to use. If you go to debtfreemillennials.com slash toolkit, there is a free download for you to use the same budgeting template that Kyle and I still use today. I've been using it for about 10 years now, and I've been tweaking the system along the way. So you can also follow along on our journey as we work towards a big down payment for the purchase of our first home. You can follow along with that over at YouTube at Debt Free Millennials. Justine, outside of your great YouTube channel and your website, you've got a great new book. Tell people about it and where they can get it. Yeah, I recently wrote this book, fantastic project for me to work on this past year, called Investing for Kids Activity Book. There's 65 activities all about growing, saving, and investing your money. It's for ages 8 to 12, but honestly, a lot of the activities work for older kids and a great refresher for adults. You can purchase it on Amazon. Find it on Amazon. It would make a great gift for your favorite kid in your life. Absolutely. We're starting off our year and you want to build that generational wealth. This is a fantastic book for it. And it makes it really tangible. And there's great activities for kids as well as adults. I mean, honestly, I read through some of it. I'm like, I just learned like four or five things. I know it says ages eight through 12, but I learned a lot as well. Justine, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do a quick favor for our family. Please share your favorite Marriage, Kids, and Money episode on social media and tag your friend Andy at Andy Hill MKM on Facebook or LinkedIn or at Marriage, Kids, and Money on Instagram to encourage you to share that favorite episode of yours. We're giving away free Marriage, Kids, and Money merchandise. That's t-shirts with Carpe Diem logo on it or Marriage, Kids, and Money mugs or Be the Change hoodies, all sorts of good stuff. You're going to really like that store if you check it out. Anyway, speaking of promoting positive work and sharing good news, we're highlighting some top news stories from last year. And, you know, since there's lots of rough news, we're sharing the good news. And I found this news story from NPR last year, and it's entitled, The U.S. Men's and Women's Soccer Teams Will Be Paid Equally under a new deal. And to help me read this article and share the good word once again, I'm happy to be joined by my son, Calvin Hill. Welcome back, Calvin Hill. What's up? What's up, he says. Calvin, I'm so happy to have you here. And I like doing this segment with you because you're a positive guy. You know, and you like words of affirmation like daddy likes words of affirmation, right? Yeah. Do you like when daddy gives you compliments? And I say, you're a good boy and I love you and you're my son forever and you're awesome. Yeah. That makes you feel good? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do some good words here. The U.S. Soccer Federation announced Wednesday that it has reached a deal to pay the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team equally, eliminating a contentious pay gap that saw female players earning less. The new collective bargaining agreements will run through 2028 and include the equalization of World Cup prize money, the organization announced. In February, the governing body and the women's team announced a settlement to resolve the longest-standing pay dispute with the Federation agreeing to pay the two teams equally in the next union contract and 
give the women's team $22 million in back pay. Becky Sauerbrunn, a player on the women's team and president of the United States Women's National Team Players Association, said achieving equal pay was the result of gains players had both on the field and off the field. We hope that this agreement and its historic achievements in not only providing for equal pay, but also improving the training and playing environment for national team players will similarly serve as the foundation for continued growth of women's soccer, both in the United States and abroad, Sauerbrunn said. The Federation said the two collective bargaining agreements, one for each team, have identical economic terms that include equal pay for all competitions, including the FIFA World Cup. The appearance fee for a friendly game and the bonus based on the team's performance on their opponent's rank will be the same for both squads. Additionally, the teams will pool the prize money from their respective World Cup appearances and split the total among the two teams and the federation. It is the first federation in the world to equalize the World Cup prize money, the organization said. Both teams will also have the same framework for sharing in commercial and ticket revenue. This is a truly historic moment, U.S. Soccer President Cindy Parlow Cohn said in a statement. These agreements have changed the game forever here in the United States and have the potential to change the game around the world. Tim Ream, a defender on the U.S. men's national team, said in a tweet that it had been a long process for all sides but proud of everyone involved for reaching and achieving this. It now truly is one nation, one team. Awesome, pal. Well, I know that was a lot of words and I appreciate you reading it. Some of them are really big words, but essentially what it means is for a long time, the women's national team wasn't getting paid the same as the men's national team. So what do you think of the women's team getting paid equally now to the men's team? Now it's very fair because it's a lot of money and you need it for food and paying your bills like electricity. Right, absolutely. So the women are now getting paid equal to the men. Do you think men and women should get paid the same if they do the same work? Yes. Yeah, it seems fair, right? Yeah. So that's what the people were fighting for. And Megan Rapino, I think, was one of the women. Alex Morgan, you've heard us talk about Alex Morgan, right? She's, we watched some of her highlights. So the two of those women were very involved in fighting for this equal pay, which is kind of cool. So let's do an example, ready? So if one boy, right, one boy and one girl, they're working a lemonade stand together, right? And the girl does a lot more work than the boy, should the girl get the same amount of money? No. No, okay, right, yeah. The girl should get, like, if they get, like, six bucks, Mm -hmm. um, the boy should get, like, one dollar, and the girl gets five. Right. So if they do the same amount of work, though, then maybe they get the same amount of money. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's what the ladies are, are fighting for here. It's like, hey, we're both playing soccer, we're shooting really hard, and we're winning World Cups. Like, they won the World Cup, like, 
three or four years ago. So they won some equal pay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I figured this is a fun story for us to talk about because you and I just watched the World Cup and the men's World Cup. And then this year, the women are going to do the World Cup. So maybe you and I can watch that together with Zoe. Wait, she it loves happens it. every year? It happens every three or four years, I think. But it just so happens that the men were in 2022 and now the women are going to be in 2023. And then it's like another three years later after that. Oh. So should be fun to watch, though. Did you like watching the World Cup this year with me? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Who was your favorite player? Messi. Messi. What jersey are you currently wearing right now? Messi. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what the, the, the final game, do you remember what the score was when it was all done? I'm trying to remember. Three to two. Three to two. Is that what happened? But plus the penalty. France scored two, so that's four for France. Mm-hmm. Four, two, seven. It ended in penalty kickoff. Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. And Messi just had like the game of his life, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. If you haven't watched it, people, go on YouTube and look up highlights for the Argentina-France game. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing the good word with me, buddy. That's uh, that's good news for the women's U.S. soccer team. We're very happy for them. I'm going to give you, you know, talk about equal and fair right three bucks and ones more than three bucks buddy i'm gonna pay you the hourly rate for a podcast co-host which is a lot more money oh yeah does that sound fair a hundred bucks (laughs) a hundred bucks let's go that's right man talk about equal and fair right we got to pay the boy for real hard work what she's doing today all right I want you to help me read the shout out of the month, okay? We're going to give away some of that merchandise we talked about earlier to someone who supported our family show on social media. And since the last good word, we received six social shout outs. People went online and they said, we like this show. You should check it out. So we've got six social shout outs. Can you ask our electronic friend here to pick a number between one and six? Alexa, pick a number between one and six. Here's a number between one and six. It's six. Okay, our sixth shout out that we got was from Phi Polar. That's funny, that's a plan words. Who shared an episode that featured Barbara Sloan, who's the author of Tipped. And she's talking about how she's bringing the fire movement to the service industry. And Phi Polar really liked it. That person said this. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, that's awesome. Short and sweet. Thank you very much, Fipolar, for the shout out and tagging us on Instagram at Marriage Kids Money. And I will be DMing you with my thanks. And I'm going to offer you a piece of merchandise from the Marriage Kids and Money store. You get to pick it out. We'll get your size. We'll get your address. And we'll send it your way. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mug, whatever you want. It's going to be yours. Thank you so much for supporting our show. If you want to share your favorite Marriage, Kids, and Money episode on social media and tag us at Marriage, Kids, and Money on Instagram or at Andy Hill MKM on Facebook or LinkedIn, you might have the chance for Calvin to pick your name and you'll receive some free merchandise from the Marriage, Kids, and Money store. I'm going to pick a name. That's right. That's what he does. He's a name picker. And if you want to check out our store either way, you can go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash store and check out our stuff and you can support the Hill family. I pick names. He's a name picker. That's what he does. (laughs) Messi shoots the goals and you pick the names, huh? (laughs) Actually, you shoot the goals too, don't you, man? You like playing soccer. Anyway, Calvin and I are going to be here next month sharing another good word. Calvin, thank you so much for being here, buddy. Poopy butt butt. 
In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from American soccer star and activist Megan Rapino. Real change lies within all of us. It is in the choices we make every day. Perfect, man. I love that. Here's to taking action to score those big goals this year, everyone. Carpe diem! Carpe diem!